I'm Kat. I'm at FlameCon 2017 with Cena Grace, writer of Iceman, and you're watching Comicsverse. So, Cena, how are you liking FlameCon so far? It's magical. I'm going to hold this. I'm going to take this from you. Ha! Um, this is my first time, and it's been a blast. It's, it's such a positive environment, and everyone is just, like, in a great mood. And even though I'm exhausted, I feel, like, super rejuvenated. So it's cool. I don't know. And everyone's dressed really well. Like, the accessories are super cute. Or, like, some of the, like, cosplay aside, just some of the, like, looks. I'm like, yeah. All right. I'm like, I'm like sneaking pics for fashion ideas. Yeah, definitely. I've seen so many really awesome costumes. And I noticed the difference between other conventions is that they can be so hectic. But this one is super chill. Everyone seems like they're having a really good time. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's everyone's in a great mood. And, and it's it's also busy, too. And it's it's just great. We're all kind of here for the same thing. And uh Geek out, geeks out and FlameCon, they have created a really safe atmosphere that's really inclusive, um, which I super appreciate. And I think that also contributes to just the general like chill vibes <laughs> at FlameCon. But yeah, um, I really want to talk to you about Iceman because I'm a huge fan of what you've done with it so far. Um, what I find really fascinating, yeah, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> not even out. Um, what I really find fascinating about Bobby Drake is that it's the same person having these two different experiences because you have time displaced Bobby, who's mm -hmm. young and it's like new to him and it's really innocent. Then you have older Bobby who is coming to terms with it and trying to come out to his family and trying to reconnect with his ex-girlfriends. So I want to ask what your experience is writing the older Bobby Drake versus what some other series have done with the younger Bobby Drake. It's been, it's been, a, it's been a really fun ride because it's a story that I don't personally relate to because I came out like, you know, through college, like different people found out at different times. But uh, that happened in my early 20s. And I, but I, I, I have seen this story in my life firsthand, either, you know, friends or like people I've dated who took a little longer to say these things out loud and to and to be, you know, vocal about, you know, a part of their identity that they kind of kept to themselves. Um, and it's just great. Like this is like the most Marvel complicated, weird situation where you have a younger version of yourself and he's like living it up and living his best life and then there you are and and you're you can't even be the omega mutant you're supposed to be um so i've been having a blast with it and i've been playing with that tension because they are sort of uh, speaking to two different generations of a population or even just of like if you strip the the word gay or queer out of it like it's just about comfort and like self-acceptance and the like that theme is usually where the best Marvel stories come from. So I feel super lucky because it's it's just been a, a really cool, crazy uh, and, and I, I, I don't want to use the word easy because it's like it's still work, but I've just had a blast. Like it's it's been easy because I just can keep coming up with ideas that really uh, feel like they fit in with sort of Spider-Man and with, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of like some other like cool Marvel heroes that are have that like very human element. I mean, just all of the X-Men. I feel like I'm, I, I'm making a real X-Men story in that 
hasn't hit me. Like I'm saying it out loud right now and I'm like, whoa, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I really love about the X-Men too. So, so far it's been, you had the time displaced Bobby in the first issue a little bit, mm -hmm. but mostly it's been the older Bobby Drake. Are you gonna be bringing in the younger version of himself and kind of exploring those two different sides to this new aspect of his life? Yeah, once, uh, once we wrap up with our legacy tie-in where the original champions uh, team up again, they meet in Los Angeles. Uh, they they kind of like, you know, uh, pour one down, tip their hat or whatever. You know, they meet because they want to mourn uh, the death of Black Widow, and and then some stuff happens because things need to get punched. And uh, after that, when Bobby gets back to New York, uh, we will get to revisit um, him and his relationship with the time displaced Bobby. Because if I, it's almost like if I had it my way it would be like, it would be a buddy book. It would be like buddy cops or whatever. And it would be those two, you know, solving crimes or whatever. That doesn't make sense. And that's why that book doesn't exist. But uh, I, I love, I love writing them together. But for the, for the first story arc and for also the legacy tie-in, it just, we had to focus on, mm -hmm. on, on Big Bobby and let readers know which book and which character they're following. Okay. Is there anything that each Bobby could learn from each other? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I think um, it's such a dumb. Like I think I think the time displaced Bobby can teach our Bobby how to chill out. That's why I'm like cringing because I was like, "Don't do it, don't." Do it. And I'm like, I don't have better words. Uh, and I think um, our Bobby, the Bobby of the Iceman series, I think he can teach um, time displaced Bobby sort of like how to how to level up not only as a hero but as a human being and how to not necessarily always like cover things up with a joke, because they both do that. Mm -hmm. um, I think Time Displaced Bobby is a little uh, unselfconscious about it, and, and but there's something there that I think they can both speak to each other and, and learn from. Okay. So there's this one moment in Iceman number three that was my favorite moment. It's when Bobby decides to make dinner plans with his family, because mm -hmm. he wants to, with the intention of coming out, um, and there's just this horrible moment where his parents are just ridiculing him for being a mutant. Oh, yeah. yeah, and it was just so <laughs> powerful and visceral because you used the mutant metaphor to kind of draw this parallel with what his fears were, what his parents were gonna say to him coming out, but it was about him being a mutant. So mm -hmm. I wanted to ask what your, kind of your process and experience for creating that moment was. It's, well, I watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy, um, <laughs> and it's because my, the, the first editor on the book said that that show does a really great job balancing uh, sort of the case of the week, speaking to whatever the character's internal conflict is and how that show really like juggles uh, one speaking to the other and informing the other and, and the character like taking it and then and fixing the problem because of their journey. And so that's what's been great with Iceman. You know, when Bendis wrote that scene in, what was it, Uncanny X-Men 600 or something, you know, Bobby was, uh, he, he has a really great line about, he's just like, look, I'm already persecuted for something else. Like, I can't have another thing on it. And that's, that's, that's the next level of drama. That's the next level of storytelling is the fact that, like, you know, we're always kind of going to have to defend ourselves against something. And it's never going to end. And how do you find that spirit again? And so I really, really upped the drama in that one. And uh, I just thought about kind of the conversations either I've had with my, see, my mom's been really supportive of me being a comic creator, but friends who've, who've had family members who have resisted, you know, the idea of pursuing something, whether it's a, a significant other or a career choice, 
a lot of us artists always have to kind of hear that from authority figures like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, that's so silly, you know, and like they don't understand that it's a part of your soul. Like, yeah, that's the that's the connection for me is like as an artist, you have to defend this choice to be poor. Um, <laughs> but like it's 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 who you are. You can't change it and you can't shake it. Um, and yeah, and I see that in Bobby and I see the spirit and, and he and I do the same thing where like we, we mask with humor and uh, it's just the best to, to kind of have have him also get super angry because he gets he gets a he gets mad real fast. He's got a short temper. <laughs> yeah. So where else are you going to be taking Bobby in this series? Uh, like I said earlier, he'll be going to Los Angeles and I'm I'm pretty excited to try and like like not do a La La Land version of LA and like, and see if I can like, you know, not mess that up. Um, I'm real excited to, to do that and, and write my hometown. Um, we're gonna see him back at, you know, the Xavier's Institute, Xavier Institute. Um, and then I think I'm gonna keep him in Manhattan for a while. Um, I don't think he's gonna go to, well, maybe he'll go back to Long Island for like a spell. But yeah, Manhattan's such a rad setting. I don't wanna really like walk away from getting to like, you know, have stories take place here. Like I have a fight going on in uh, Central Park in issue five with Juggernaut. Yeah, so, yeah, and it, that was so much fun for me too because I like was like I like went on maps and everything and was like telling Alessandro Vitti, the artist of that issue, like which way Bobby and Juggernaut needed to fight each other because like the end of the fight like wraps around the Hudson and it's, it's but like I was like so specific because I just love New York. I love New York as a location. Um, you know, the, the Sex and the City guy in me, I'm like, you're the fifth whore at this table, New York, or whatever. But um, yeah, I'm excited. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to keep him in New York for as long as I can. <laughs> awesome. I'm really looking forward to where you're going to take it. I've been loving the first few issues so far. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you so much for doing this interview. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. anytime. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you can find more interviews like this, podcasts, articles, and more all at comicsverse.com. Again, I'm Kat. Thanks for watching.